Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to this week's segment of Live Without Limits. Today's topic is called Personal Objectives and Goals. As children, we are creative and believe the world is at our feet. When we enter school to succeed in the classroom and be accepted by our peers, we have to conform to what society tells tells us is right or wrong. As adults, we we lose that ability to be different and live according to our own rules. For years, our families made our decisions for us on our careers, education, personal growth, whatever. We need to build on our communication skills, relationships, work expectations. An objective is things that we set up as a goal. Goals are something that you work towards like graduation. And first let's talk about personal objectives. For instance, what is it that you would really expect to do with your life? What are some of the things that you really enjoy doing? How can you take those objectives and build on them, set the goals that you want, and then write down your goals and make them work for you. For instance, let's go back and talk about transactional analysis. In transactional analysis, we talk about the parent, the adult, and the child. The parent says, you should. Often you'll see your parents say, you should clean your room. You should take care of your, your clothes. You should always, you should. What you need to do is look at all of the things that are your shoulds. What are the things that you've heard being repeated to you often? The child in you says, I want. I want ice cream. I want to stay home from school. I want, I want. Write down all the things that you can think of that you want. As an adult, you become more objective and you think, I am able to. What are all of the things that you feel you are capable of doing? And write those things down. Then think about them as the tapes of the things that you you hear over and over again in your head as a child that people have said to you that eventually as adults you almost repeat to yourself constantly because those are the things that you have heard said to you almost all the time and you do not, you have, as an adult, you have, in essence, started repeating them, repeating these things to yourself so that you say them over and over again because you believe them. Now, our family should be our best friends and should be the ones that are out there to help us. But in so many ways, they become our worst enemy. For instance, let me tell you a story that I'm involved with. I happen to have grown up with a disability in an era before there were laws in the books guaranteeing people with disabilities the right to an education. I entered the workforce 25 years ago, which was still 12 years before ADA became law. We were under the Rehabilitation Act of 1973 where you had sections 504 and 503 which talked about employment. And they said that any company who did at least $25,000, or excuse me, at least $10,000 worth of business with the government were supposed to hire people with disabilities. Well, they often got around it. And in the Americans with Disabilities Act, what what that says is, you know, there is a clause in there 
that if a person with a disability feels they are being discriminated against, they have a right to bring a lawsuit. Well, proving discrimination is something that is very hard to do. So that what happens is you can't always prove discrimination. So many, many times people don't even bring lawsuits. And the problem is that the people who have used ADA as a factor when they lose their jobs and bring lawsuits are usually the ones who were never meant to be covered under this law. So think about what it is and how you treat people. Children can be really cruel. They're cruel mainly because of their ignorance. And during the era that I grew up in, there were no opportunities for education. The only reason I have an education today is because I was brought up in the Jewish faith where education is an important part of the religion because education is where you go. Originally, education was there because, and especially for the men more so than the women back in ancient times because the men studied the Torah and they were always the learned men. Eventually, as time passed on, women became more and more the matriarch. And in the religion, the woman is thought of as the matriarch of the family. That's why the lineage of the heritage and the religion is always passed through the woman as opposed to the man because the fact that the woman carries the baby until it is born, there is, there is no objection to the fact that she's the mother, but because the man only impregnates the woman, you can't always prove who the father is other than DNA. So and in ancient times, there was no DNA test. So it was that, that's why things are the way they are. But let's go back and see how that relates to personal justice and goals. For instance, when you think about creativity, often a child will will be creative and they'll put themselves in positions that may seem unattainable as an adult because we are told throughout our school years, society dictates to us what we should do, what we shouldn't do, how we should behave, how we shouldn't behave, what is proper behavior, what is not proper behavior, and eventually we learn to conform so that as adults we keep repeating those same things that we've heard over and over and over again. And that is why I talk about in transactional analysis when Eric Byrne developed it, he talked about the parent, the adult, and the child. And there is a certain medium of what is good behavior and what is poor behavior simply based on whether you're too much, whether you're adult or your, your parent or your child are too much in over, overshadowing the adult who, who tells you and helps you with your self-esteem to believe that you have the choices available to you. And that's what causes the conflict. So having a balance between your parent, your adult, and your child, and the, the way you see things, and learning to build affirmations so that you begin to think more positively about yourself is how you are going to become successful in your personal life. And so that's why when I talk about objectives, then you have to look at what the goals are that you want to achieve. Now, I'm going to tell you a story about my goals and how I set out to achieve them. And often, whenever I'm around my family, I can they, they literally overshadow and sabotage my choices so that I've learned not to discuss it with them because if I discuss it with them, then I'm going to hear a lot of negativity. And whenever you are around people that are negative, and especially when it's your family, if they are detrimental to your psychological health, then you've got to get rid of them. And you shouldn't care about whether or not they're your family or what they are to you because they can be your worst enemy. And most of it's because of their own jealousy. And the fact that they do not want to see someone else succeed 
at their chosen field whenever they can't succeed at their own. So let's look at some of the things that you can do that can really help you begin to think on your feet and learn to become successful for yourself. Let's see some of the things that you can do that can really benefit you. And let me go back and tell you my personal story because growing up as a child with a disability and living in a society where people with disabilities were hidden, I was always told, you will never succeed. You will never have the ability to think on your feet. You will never have the ability to work. You will never live on your own. Well, I've proven that wrong. Now, there are times, and especially in this economy, that things have gotten bad for me, and I've, got, and I've had to go back to my family for assistance. But I have learned not to discuss what it is that I do. And in so many ways, they are so angry at me because I won't discuss anything with them. But that's really because I don't need to hear their negativity. And I've learned they are negative people. And they are never going to support me or believe in me for, the, for any of the choices that I make because in their eyes, I'm handicapped. And let me tell you what the term handicapped means. It means standing on the street corner with your cap in hand asking for money. And today, people with disabilities are not handicapped. They have a disability. They have abilities, but in certain ways, that disability does put certain limitations on them. But if you adapt to your limitations, there is no reason why you can't be as successful as anyone else because it is all in your mind and how you believe in yourself and how you see yourself and the choices that you make. And let me go back and tell you what it is that is my story. And I know I've led up to this. So let me start by telling you, for many years when I was in school, I struggled to get an education because the teachers did not understand that I learned differently, that I have cerebral palsy and how the brain processes the information and how I put it back out on test does not show what my true capabilities are. I had to learn along the way after I entered college and studied both mental health and psychology to learn to build my own self-esteem, to believe that I can be successful in anything that I choose to do and not be a failure. And often we fail because we, the people around us have told us that we're failures. So what are some of the things that you can do that can really help you be successful and how you can turn things around? Now, I am in college. I have an associate's in mental health. I have a bachelor's in psychology. My mother looks at my education as just something to keep me busy, not as an end to a mean or a way for me to go out and have gainful employment. So I found that the only way I was going to be successful is literally to get away from them so that when I turned 27, for the first time I was able to, to get a job where I was on my own and left staying with my mother and moved down to a different city where I had a job. And I was able to rent a car and rent an apartment and then eventually purchase a car. Since all I had at the time was $2,000 to put down on the car and make monthly payments, that's all I was able to do. But I did achieve it. Now, it, I was on... In the job, it was a six-month probationary period, so that at the end of the period, I would either become permanent on their staff or I would be told to leave or I could resign. At the end of that probationary period, the director came to me and said that it was not working out and she wanted me to resign. And if I did not resign, she would have me fired. Since it was a state position, and they could do that, I just chose to, to resign. And then I tried to get back on with the state, was unsuccessful. And then what I did was I looked at my skills, I looked at my education, I looked at what I really wanted to do, 
and that's what I decided to do was to use that and start my own business. Initially, I wanted to do group therapy, but I only I had credits towards the master's, but I didn't have the have hadn't completed the master's. My master's or within a master's program for rehabilitation counseling, which is employment counseling for people with disabilities. Now, I found that since I wanted to do group therapy using psychodrama, which I'm certified in and can do group therapy in, was not, was not as readily accepted in the area I was living since I have the skills where I enjoy getting up in front of people and talking. That is what I chose to do, was to do more in the training field and more in in the area of employment. So what I did was I became a distributor with, at the time, it was Performax, eventually Personal Dynamics Institute. Eventually, the two merged into one company. They were owned by Carlson Company. They have since broken away from Carlson Companies and were bought out by a holding company, and they are now called Inkscape Publishing. What they do is they publish assessment profiles. Everyone knows what the DISC is. DISC is Dominant Influencing steadiness and conscientiousness. And there are different behavior patterns that we all have within us, but some are hot, uh, are stronger than others and there are strengths and some are our weaknesses. The thing is to understand what your strength is, what your weaknesses is, how to work towards your strengths, and how to utilize other people in areas that you're weak and how to build on those things. So what I do is I help people understand their natural behavior patterns and how to build on their strengths in both their career and also in how, if they want to, to have a home-based business. And we are now in an era where we have, we have moved into the knowledge age and possibly into the service industry age. So we, that is where the jobs are, and because of technology, Jobs have moved more towards the Internet, so being aware of all of these things and how it plays into where you are and what it is that you choose to do will help you become more successful in your personal life and to have good objectives and set goals for yourself. Now, another thing that I want to talk about is that because of the struggles that I had starting my own business, that I didn't have the credit to qualify for loans. I didn't have the credit to go to the Small Business Administration and get microloans. So that I had to take outside jobs to have a steady income, to keep the roof over my head, to, to take care of basics, and then also work on building my business. And most of the jobs were low-paying, underskilled jobs that just required that I sit on a telephone. Problem is, I was not fast on a telephone. I was most successful in market research, but that was never steady work. And when that, when you had your down times and you didn't have the income coming in, then you couldn't pay your bills. So it often meant that you got behind with your bills, and that also ravaged your credit. So there are things that we need to consider pros and cons in anything we do, but if it's part of your personality to be very outgoing and you work better in an environment where you work working for yourself is what you choose to do, then that is something that you need to consider as an option. And when you do that, you need to understand how to have good communication skills and how to build relationships. And let me back up and tell you that before I get into communication skills and relationships, that one of the things that I had as a goal after having the experiences I had um, with building my own business was to eventually establish a nonprofit organization that would help people with disabilities learn the skills they need to have their own business and also 
to provide low interest loans because we it does take seed money to build a business and in September of 2008 I had the money to register the name International Disabled Entrepreneurs Inc as a nonprofit organization and then I also started the process of applying for the 501c3 now it took me 8 months to get the first board member once I did that and I advertised for a virtual assistant I had a lot of people contact me who are virtual assistants but out of that only 3 had nonprofit organization experience and out of those 3 only one had been had assisted 40 different nonprofits get established and get funding that was the person who became my virtual assistant and also became the third person on my board. Once I did that, then I sat down and I put together my business plan with my financial plan on what it would take me to get started. So when I finished that, I knew someone who was, had his own executive search firm, and he had told me that once I finished it, to send it to him, and he would go over it. He did, he revamped it, he made changes to it, and now I've passed it along to my other board members. And I've also met someone who has a company that raises capital for nonprofit organizations. So I'm now at that at that stage and then event and then in the next two two to three weeks I hope to have some funding in place so that I can get away from my family again and hopefully this time on a permanent basis because they are the most negative people in the world and I learned that not to discuss anything I'm doing with them because they will not be encouraging. If anything, they would be very negative and I can tell you that in so many ways growing up in that environment, I am, am very fragile about having to hear all the negativity because then I begin to think about, you know, question whether or not I can do the things that I choose to do. So it is best that I never discuss it with them. And that is what I've chosen to do. So now that we've finished with the story, let's talk about communication. For instance, many times families learn to communicate by sitting around a table and discussing the things, the different, the, what's happening for the day or what's going on in society. And sometimes the parents encourage the children to think and to, to say, you know, talk about what they've read or talk about what they see and relate to it. If you come from a family where you never, never sat around a, a dinner table and discussed those things, then you don't have those basic communication skills. If you grew up in a family where there was a lot of negativity, where if you look at transactional analysis and you look at the triangle, you have one that's the victim, the persecutor, and the rescuer. The persecutor often sees themselves as the victim and like they're being put upon when they are, and so they think that that gives them a right to persecute someone else and put them in the victim role so that they have the control over someone else at a time when they feel like they lack control over their life because they're doing something that someone else has told them to do. And in my family, it, it between there's, there's four women. There's my mother and there's me and there's my two sisters. My older sister is deaf. She is very much a victim and she, all the negativity that they have fed on her, she has literally bought into. And because she feels that she is a bad person, and because she found that as a child, if she threw a temper tantrum for something that she wanted, she would often get it. Then now it get, it's gotten to the point where she will just automatically beat up on herself. And I mean physically beat up on herself. And recently I was down in Florida um, with my mother and my two sisters, and my younger sister basically comes in there as a guest and literally takes over the show 
And even though my older sister lives with my mother, instead of deferring to her and letting her feel like she has control, they come in and they tell her what to do and how to do. My sister wants to be included in activities. She'll, she'll often come to her and ask, can she do And when my sister says no because she does not want her around, then my sister will start beating up on herself. Then my younger sister gets mad at her for doing that, and instead of trying to help her, will say, oh, I'll go break your dish. And all that does is accelerate the situation. Then she feels like she's being put upon because she has to have the control. And a lot of the things that she does to her sister, she has done because she saw my mother doing it. And she has learned, she is very much like my mother. She is jealous of what other people have. Mainly whenever she talked to my mother, before my mother started getting to the point where she doesn't remember what happened two hours ago much, but we'll talk about what happened 30 and 40 years ago, mainly because now she's 90 years old, and even though my sister will not admit it, she is suffering from dementia. And that is normal for someone of that age, but she is not accepting of these as facts. What I'm saying is that those are are examples of poor communication skills. If you do not have good communication skills, then you need to learn how to communicate in a good environment. And it is important to have good communication skills because you have to build good relationships. And relationships are how you will be successful in business, whether you work for someone or whether you have your own business. So, and often when we take a job somewhere, you interview for a job and they'll give you a job description and then you have certain expectations on what you will do on that job. But then sometimes you get on that job and you find out that what the expectations are is something totally different and you literally have to change what you do and how you see things and sometimes what happens is you will get on the job and the expectations are very different than what they actually tell you the work expectations are and if it's, it could be something that you really don't enjoy doing so that what happens is you will turn around and you will feel put upon and you and you will use that as a reason not to try to do what you really need to do. And a good example of that is teaching. Uh, today, because of the No Child Left Behind, people, teachers have to do a lot of paperwork. And that paperwork is to, to show that they are trying to meet certain objectives in the school system to make sure that those kids are getting what they need to learn. Well, depending on the children and the situation, often classroom is just rote relearning. So if you have someone who is advanced, they get very bored in the classroom because they're far advanced in what's being discussed. If If you come from one state to another state and you're in a school system that is far below what what you were in the school system you were in, then you're born in that classroom, so you tend to act out. So what are some things that you can think of in an environment that would be perfect for you? And sometimes that may be that you create that job for yourself. Often if you're trying to get a job somewhere in a company does not have a position open, but you see a need in that company by researching that company, then you can go to them and discuss it with them, and you may be able to create that job for you and create that job description for you. It may be that instead of working for a company, you go out and do it as a consultant and sell your services to a company and help them fill a need. So there's lots of things that you can do to create and set goals for yourself. Now, let's talk about what a goal is. A goal is something that you work towards, like graduation. When you think about it, it, when you're in school and you have, and you're depending on the grade that you're in, 
You go to each classroom. You Your goal there is to get a, an A or a B because, because the higher your grade is, the more ob objectives or opportunities you have to further your education and get into a better school in college. So if that's your goal at that point, how can you meet that goal and how can you develop goals that can really help you expand your, your, your knowledge about yourself? And I want to take a break here, and I want to remind you that my website is the number one personalcareercoach.com, and on there I have audios and videos and teleseminars that discuss this topic. I even have an e-course that's called Employment in the 21st Century where you can work on it as a home study program and get coaching along the way to help you figure out and come up with ideas for yourself on ways that you can set goals for yourself and how you can achieve them. Okay, now let's get back to discussing goals. And let's remind you, a goal is something that you work towards. And what you need to do is write down your goal. Write down all the steps that it will take for you to reach your goal. Then write down the dates on when you expect to achieve that goal. Now, you may write down a date, and if it's something very simple that depends on you achieving something and doing something, that's easy to do. But what if it's something that you have to depend on other people to assist you. Well, unless you are writing an article and you have a deadline for a publication, often someone can take their time about the things that they want to achieve and they want to do. So it becomes a matter of having to adapt to the people around you. And that is something that often we need to learn along the way. And what are some of the things that you can do that can help you in your expectations? And let me tell you how, back up and tell you how you can end up setting yourself up for failure with a goal. If you have a goal and say there's 10 steps to reaching that goal, and you jump from one to five, and you need to go through two, three, and four to reach five, then what you're doing is you're not prepared for that fifth step, so you set yourself up for failure, and then what that does is when you fail, then that shows you or you have prophesied what someone else has told you, which that you are, you can't succeed. So. Those are some things that you can do that would turn around and create a situation where you would be setting yourself up for failure. So how can you turn that around? How can you learn to be, begin to build your own self-esteem so that you believe in yourself? Because once you believe in yourself, then you believe that you can achieve anything that you choose to do. And when you believe in yourself and you believe that you can be successful, then you're more willing to, to do things by steps instead of trying to set yourself up for failure. So what we need to do is help you learn how to turn things around for yourself, how to learn to believe in yourself, how to... Build your self-esteem. If you would like someone to help you learn your own, learn who you are inside and can coach you or even counsel you, then why not visit my website, OnePersonalCareerCoach.com and buy my services. Now, 10% of all the funds that I do within my coaching field will be put into the 
funding of my nonprofit organization. So by purchasing my services, then you will also be purchasing or assisting people with disabilities to reach their goals in life. What I want to do is go back and talk about building good relationships. If you are going to build a relationship, you have to be a, a, as much a giver as a taker because people are more likely to do for you when they see you trying to do for yourself. If you are someone that is strictly a taker, you may get people to give you things and misinterpret who you are, but eventually they will learn that you are a taker and eventually they will distance themselves from you. And a good example of that is my sister with her controlling ways. She has been this way as a child for years. And what happened was that as a child, she got away with controlling every situation and causing arguments, and she learned that she can continue to do that. And what happened also was that because she liked to control the other kids, eventually they all distanced themselves from her because no one wants to be around someone who thinks they can control every situation they're in all the time. That is not going to work. It gets to a point where it may work within your own family, but eventually what's going to happen is that when you need, really do need something, then your family is going to literally turn on you and they're not going to be there for you. So what are some of the things that you can do that can turn things around for you? How can you learn to be a giver? How can you learn to understand where you are coming from? And let me also discuss some of the different behavior patterns. You have someone who's a very high D behavior pattern, and they feel like they can control their environment. They really believe that. And everything and the way they communicate to you is someone who's very controlling. But you may also see other behavior patterns in them. And, for instance, they can be an S behavior pattern, which is also high because they like to believe that they they literally do things by the book. And that means that if you read the Bible and the Bible says this is, the, this is what's going to happen and that's what's going to happen, and if you look at history, these are all the proofs that these things are going to happen, then they literally buy into that. And, yes, history repeats itself, but whether or not it's all predicted in the Bible is also a, a very different story. But it's what you believe and what you have convinced yourself is that. You may have someone who's a very high D, but also a very high I behavior pattern who is very verbal. They are good talkers. They are good speakers. They do the things that are very outgoing. Now, let's talk about someone who has a very high S, but also has a very high C behavior pattern because this is someone who does things by the book, but they also question things. They're very slow to decision-making. They take their time, and they want to make sure everything and they is laid out so they have all their ducks in a row. So as you see, if you really understand how the different behavior patterns work, how different things work together, how we respond to different situations, then what you're finding is that your objectives and your goals can work together to help you build success for yourself. And 
what you need to understand is also let's back up and let's talk about your how you can be how you can use your creativity to help you build success for yourself how you can learn to become creative how you can learn to build and and be self-reliant because that is some of the things that we all need to to do often you will see people who are drug addicts or alcoholics because this is what they have learned is how to cover up the insecurity and it gives them in some way when they they have that that alcohol on their brain that you know it it makes them believe they they can do things that they might not believe they can do when they're not uh, under the influence of a drug or alcohol. So how can you learn to build on your creativity? How can you learn to become competitive instead of conforming simply because this is what society has told you what you should do? Now, one of the things is when we look at different behavior patterns and why that's important to understand is when you look at the job market, there are different things that we are good at and there's things that we have poor skills for. And how can you take them and build on them? How can you expand on them? How can you build and expand on some of the ideas that you need to think about that can really help you to get into the job market in a way that you can do what you really enjoy doing? How can you turn things around for yourself so that you can be successful at what it is that you choose to do? There are many things that you might need to think about on how you go about working towards your goals. And what you first need to do is think about what it is that you choose as a goal. A goal may be to buy a home. A goal may be to start your own business. A goal may be to have a car. A goal for a teenager may be to learn how to, to get their driver's license. And let's use Eddington as an example, getting a driver's license. Often, you get a learner's permit. And when you have that learner's permit, you are allowed to drive by having someone else in the car with you. And what they do is they teach you the rules of the road. Plus, you also have to get a book that you study to take a test, which actually teaches you what the, each state's rules are to, to be a driver. Because when you do get that license, you have to go in, you have to take a test and pass it. And then you have to get behind the wheel and drive with someone. And he's going to test you to see if you can park a car, if what your speed is, how if you understand the rules of the road, if you are a fast driver or a slow driver, or if you have good skills behind the wheel. That is a way that you that you learn to drive. You can't just get a license without having proven that you're capable of getting behind the wheel and driving a car. What happens is you get a lot of teenagers who at 15 get their learner's license, go out with their parents, learn the basic driving skills, and then pass the test to get their license. And then the parent buys them a car and especially a sports car, and then they get behind the wheel of the sports car, and they go speeding. And you will notice that when people come up to lights, instead of slowing down to make sure that if, if the light is changing, that they don't go through a red light, they will often speed up to get through that light. Then what happens is they often cause a crash. And you often find young people getting out behind the wheel of a car once they get their license in bad weather simply because they have no idea what it is that they want to do with their time. So they just want to go joyriding. And 
then what happens is the road gets slick. Even though one of the things they have done is learn to drive in the road, they forget about the rules of the road, and they will speed up. Or instead of if they see someone walking to slow down to go go past them, they will often swerve a car, and then they cause their own accidents, and they want to blame it on someone else. And it's just simply poor skills to begin with because it takes longer than a, a year to really learn how to get behind the wheel of a car and drive defensively. And often it means taking a class that teaches you defensive driving. So what are some of the things that you can do that will help you advance and set up a goal for yourself that is achievable? What are some of the things that you need to do? When you think of a goal, a goal for a high school student is graduation. A goal for a college student is graduation and gainful employment. For many years, those things were achievable because we were in an economy where things were good and companies were hiring people. Now, we've moved into a different era, so those are things that are not as achievable. So when you think about getting a job, how can you give yourself an advantage over someone else? And let me back up and let me talk about some of those things. Now, for years they tell you you put together a cover letter and you put together a resume, and you, you put down first what is it that your objective is, what, what type of job it is that you're looking for. Then you go and you put down the dates on the left-hand side, and you name the companies that you've worked with and the dates that you've worked with them. And then you tell them what your job description was, but you don't really say anything about what you really did on the job and how you are a benefit to that company. And what you need to do is change your way of thinking. You need to think in terms of and research that company and find out what are some of the issues that are going on in that company. What are some of the, the politics, as you will, of that company? Because every, every job, when you get on it, has a, a certain level of politics on it. When I was in graduate school, I lived in New York City, and I worked for the Department of Social Services, and I did welfare recertification. And what they did was they hired people, and they had desks lined up, and they had the people come in in groups, and you would pick up their file, and you would interview them, and then you would keep the records. And what happened was, the people you worked with, there was a certain role that you that you played within that company. There was a certain role that the supervisors played in that company. And often what would happen is, because they had so many people there, you didn't have time to finish each file so that it piled up at the end of the day. And you either, once you fit, once all the clients were gone, you would work on completing those files then what would happen is you would find that there would be files left at the end of the day that you couldn't get to. So then what would happen is you would work on those files in the morning to complete them before you started seeing new clients. And this is the way things were done on a regular basis. So eventually what they had to do was change the system so that you were assigned so many clients that you work with on a monthly basis, and you could have them come in and you could call them and set up appointments with them. And it, it allowed you to be able to complete your files. And they also had floors, or three different floors that the people would come to. And because they had to, to understand that some of these people that would come in would be violent, they also had to have guards on the floor. So if if a guard was not there, you did not have to see any clients until the guard showed up. So even that would back you up at the end of the day. And a typical work day was 9 to 5, 
five days a week. And you can imagine if they would bring in four and five hundred people on a daily basis and they only had about six people on three different floors, then they had about 18 people to see 500 people. So often you would get backed up because you couldn't spend more than five or ten minutes with each client just to get their information and write it down and then finish up the file later. That's why often things would get backed up. So the reason that I'm doing that is to give you an example of how you would go in with one expectation of what your job description was and how it would turn out to be something totally different on the job. So let's look at some other things that you can think about that may influence how creative you are on the job, how you end up learning to turn around and just conform things and let things go the way they are without turning things around and changing so that you can build on your skills. How can you create a job that can be exactly what you want it to be and do exactly what you want to do? So it is important to understand how to be creative and ha and just look at your inner self, look at what your strengths are, look at what your weaknesses are, and how to build on those strengths. And just like when you think about it, the term is no one, st no one stands alone or no one is an island, that is very true even when you have a business because being successful in a business or a nonprofit, you can't do it all yourself and you can't expect to get all the glory. And oftentimes what will happen is you have someone who starts a company or starts a nonprofit and because they are so it's so important to them and they're so self-effacing that in believing in their own importance that they do not want to bring other people in with ideas. That's why it's important to understand how relationships in communication really work with each other. And Inkscape has the DISC, which is the classic uh, program assessment profiles that help you understand how you communicate. And they also have one that is called CARE, which is Creator, Advancer, Refiner, Enforcer. Because someone has to be creative. You have the person who comes up with all the ideas. You have the person who's the advancer that's able to look at it to see when it needs to be moved back, when it needs to be moved forward. You have the person who knows how to take that idea and refine it into a way that makes it work. And then you have a person that really knows how to enforce it and make, and really put it into action. And then you have someone who's a flexor, who falls within all the quadrants and helps take the team and help them move it back, move it forward, move it whatever. And you learn to do that through different activities that help you understand how the team works good to that together and how to take it and how to expand on it and how to really increase your opportunity. It is very important to understand how to build your skills so that you can be successful. And being creative is one of them. Now, when we talk about conforming, people often learn to conform to society. And these are often people who allow others to dictate to them and they feel inferior. And the problem is if someone feels inferior to you, they are not going to help you reach your goals. They do not want to understand what your purpose in life is or what your mission in life is. They are going to look for ways to sabotage it. And often people do that because they are afraid to see someone else be more successful in life than they are. And you and sometimes and let's go back and talk about families and why that is important is if you have a goal in life, if you have something that you believe in strong enough 
and you do not have the people within your family that support what you do, then you have to get away from them. Because if you, if you continually stay around them and listen to their negativity, it will keep you from reaching your goals in life. And that is, that's because they don't have any goals in life. They've let others dictate to them what they believe their goals should be instead of taking control of their life and learning how to believe in themselves. If we lived in a perfect society, then everyone would be successful. Everyone would live equally. And in in the government, let's talk and show how the governments are different. When you live in a monarchy, you have one person dictating to everyone else what they're going to pay in taxes, how they're going to live, the kind of homes they're going to live in, what kind of, uh, how many they're going to sleep to a bed. If you live in open society where everything is achievable, then you believe that you can achieve, and it really helps you learn to expand on those skills and believe believe that you can achieve anything you choose to do to do. Often people from countries where there is a monarchy will want to leave their country, and why they like to come to America is because it is an open society where you can choose to do the things that you really choose to do. But even with what's going on with healthcare in the other areas, you're seeing some of that changing. And uh, unless the people become more aware of what the government is doing in to taking more control over their lives and being in the world, control over the different businesses, then what's going to happen is you will find people who will lack the skills or the ambition to choose to set higher goals for themselves. And eventually what's going to happen, it will become a third world country because they have allowed it to happen. So unless people are more aware of what is going on and how they can take more control over their life and believe in themselves, then you are going to see more and more that the government is going to get control over what is happening in both the workplace and in your personal life and tell you how you can live and what you can own. So being aware of that is very important. And understanding where you're at is very important. And understanding and, and being a part of society and help help make sure that everyone has the same opportunities. Technology has made it a smaller world than it used to be because people are able to see what is going on through the Internet. People are able to connect with people in different parts of the world. For instance, I am on Facebook, and I have contacts in all different countries. And I am on a social site called Academy, which actually happens to be a site that is based out of England, but is through the Internet, has connected with people in different countries, in different cultures. And it's just being more aware of the things that you need to do to have more control over your life. I have gotten down to the last two minutes of this show, and I would like to take this time to just spend talking about how you can purchase some of my products and how and what I discussed and how I can help you to build your own business and learn to build good relationships. And why it is important to understand relationships is people buy through their friends. They refer business to their friends. If you expect to have a business down the road and you expect to be successful, you need to nurture and build those relationships. And having good relationships starts in the family, in how the brothers and sisters relate to each other 
if you have a good relationship with your brother or sister, if you believe in them and you know how to help them be successful, then you will be more willing to help someone who's a stranger be more successful. If you are someone who's a taker and an abuser of the people around you within your family, then you, you'll either be two-faced in building friendships, and that means that eventually those people who are your friends will see through you and understand what you're really like, or you can take and build on it and expand on it, and, you know, and think about the things that you can do that can really help you build your business to be successful. So sometimes having someone that helps you understand those things really can help you build and achieve goals in your life. Now, I would like to ask you to come back next week. And thank you for listening to the show.